Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, the sort of day we live for here on programs like these. Our first football Monday of the year. Cowboys, Giants, Justin Fields, all they need is love. It's a football day. Let's go. Here we go. go, go. Only one place to start. The Dallas Cowboys come into MetLife Stadium and beat the Giants 40 to nothing. Look, those guys are competitors. Obviously, the result didn't show tonight, but that's not us just to insinuate that. You know, someone's not giving effort. Everybody gives balls out effort. Holy smoke. The Cowboys with a beat down at MetLife Stadium last night. Hopefully not a harbinger of things to come for the New York teams, or at least the one that'll be in that building tonight. What a Sunday it was. Delighted you were there. Hashtag Greeny with you, and the hashtag crew is around us. And we started with that one there. I'm going to do my takes in a minute here and take you through all of the biggest observations I made. But we had to start with that one because that one was the wager and it was just the beatdown of all beatdowns. And so Bubba, uh, let me just, for the first time this morning, let me see what hashtag Bubba has got on today. Because I, he had to give all of his Cowboys jerseys to Nuno, who had to wear them this morning because of their embarrassing, the embarrassing defeat of his Giants. I got a picture sent to me. Hembo sent me a, a photo of Nuno today. I think that was wearing the Dak Prescott jersey. Yes, that was one of four uh, jerseys that Nuno Teixeira wore across the 6 to 10 o'clock hours because he's obviously producing the morning show. Uh, that looked like a demoralized man, by the way. I mean, to, 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 to get hung a 40 to nothing lost in week one to wake up to start. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy for Bubs, but Nuno was, was in a bad place this morning. He's, he's got to be feeling badly. Do mm. we have a shot of, of, of Bubba yet? Can we see him? Oh, that, there's a picture. <laughs> so for those of you watching along on the TV, it's actually a Micah. Okay, so there's a Micah Parsons, and there's a C.D. <laughs> Lamb jersey in the 88, and no, there's Dak nice. Prescott. So yeah, he, Nuno went to all of the jerseys this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason Witten, Nuno looking more and more dejected and disgusted <laughs> by the moment. We'll put those up on uh, on Instagram so everyone gets a chance uh, to see them if you're listening on the radio. Bubba, that had to have been one of the most satisfying nights any football fan has ever had to see what the Cowboys did to the Giants last night. Oh yeah, I mean, at the first drive, the Giants were looking pretty good. I was like getting a little worried at first, and in, in the end like the worst thing that coming out of it was like oh man our, our tight ends and we need to work on them that's like the only criticism I have coming out of the game was the, the amount of drop passes from our tight ends but yeah I mean it could not have gone better the defense unbelievable Micah Parsons even when he wasn't getting a sack he opened it up for everyone else I mean it could not have gone better the fact that they got the shutout there was great offense looked looked perfectly fine with McCarthy calling the plays getting the getting the shutout I mean I you could not have asked for more but only one game. I'm not. I'm not calling the Super Bowl yet. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to react crazy after that one game. But yeah, like you said, you could not have asked for a better, uh, better win after game one. The Cowboys did something that had not previously been done in this millennium. And they're the first team since the Steelers in 1999 to open their season 
with a shutout of at least 40 points on the road. The Steelers did it in 99 at the Browns. That probably was the Browns' first game back, right? Remember, the Browns ceased to exist for a while when they moved to Baltimore, and, and then they came back, and I think that what I'm almost positive that was their first game coming back. So that was an essentially an expansion team the last time that it happened. So an absolute disaster. Do we have Nuno there? I, I want to get to all these games, but let me get Nuno in on the conversation. Nunes, how, how, how would you describe your emotions on this morning after a 40 to nothing drubbing at the hands of your most hated rival? So you know that moment, I think every sports fan goes to this every season where you just feel like the life coming out of you and yeah. like your season is over. Like that felt like that yesterday. That felt like hey, there's going to be a regression to the means when it comes to Daniel Jones. Because at the end of the day, like this, they don't have a lot of talent, right? That feels like, oh, Evan Neal and that they haven't gotten that offensive line right. And then you start looking at the schedule. They have the Cardinals, but then after that, they, you know, they have a 49ers like on a Thursday night. They have the Seahawks on a Monday night, followed like the Bills. So you look at their schedule and you're like, so how bad could we be? Like, is it a Caleb Williams type of bad? Is a Drake It cannot May- be a Caleb like- Williams. You just signed your quarterback. You just hitched yeah. your wagon to Dan. Daniel Jones. It's funny. You know this, and Tannenbaum says it all the time, right? It's funny money. Like, it's a, they can be out of that contract in two years. So he, he plays this year. You draft the quarterback next year. Like, that's the stuff that was going through my mind last night after watching that complete and utter disaster. Here's what has to be said about that. This is not how I meant to start it, but what the heck? Nuno is here. Let's do it. Well, I really wanted to get, I have a ton to say about the Bears and Packers yesterday. I'll get all that in. But here's what has to be said. The Giants look more like last year was a mirage than you could ever possibly imagine. Their season last year, which had everyone all excited and their coach won coach of the year and he deserved it, and Daniel Jones got paid a fortune of money and everything else. They won a lot of one-possession games. They played good defense. And when when the chips have been down, the two games that the last two games you've played that mattered, Nuno, were both over in the first half. The game against the Eagles in the playoffs last year and then the game last night, you could have gone to sleep at halftime. You did not need to watch them. I think the Giants, the only word I can think of to use is exposed. I don't don't say this with pleasure. I'm I'm now trying to give legitimate analysis here. I think the Giants have been exposed. They were a well-coached team last year that won a bunch of games they probably didn't deserve to. I'm not saying they're 40 to nothing bad, but the Giants... That was closer to the truth, I think, than whatever they were, 11 and 6 or whatever it was last year. Yeah, they're closer to, and obviously, they're closer to last place in this division, right? Mm -hmm. Than even being in second, like finishing second in this division. That's how I think just the gap is. Like, I was thinking about this, I was driving in. There was a point in time with that Pats game and the Eagles, right? You're like, oh, this is going to get ugly for the Pats. We're going to start talking about, is Mac Jones the guy? But they actually had some fight and should have won that game. And there was none of that after that first that first drive with the Giants that they couldn't do anything even that first drive which looked good but Daniel Jones was still running for his life they were still getting through that right side of that that offensive line where it just it's so demoralizing as a fan where I'm just thinking like I have to put up with this the rest of the year well it's going to be disgusting it's about to get worse because the other thing you're going to have to put up with all year is that Dallas defense 
Uh, Hembo, this is not good for you, news for you either. I see Cam is wearing an Eagles shirt today, and you obviously are an Eagles fan. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Jets play tonight because I think the Jets will have an outstanding defense. But the Cowboys, I think, served notice last night that their defense is legit and they are going to make them a force to be reckoned with all year long. No doubt. I mean, there, there were two units in the NFL yesterday that impressed me more than any other. It was the Dolphins' offense yes. and the Cowboys' defense, mm-hmm. which looks like it has the potential to be an all-time great defense. Micah Parsons is the best football player in the world regardless of position. He's better at what he does than any player in the NFL is at what he does. They've also got a ferocious secondary. They've got more depth along that defense than I realize. We talk so much about Dak Prescott and some of his deficiencies that we take away from the fact that this is the best defense in the NFL. This is the third season now under Dan Quinn. They've played 35 games under him. They've got 70 takeaways in 35 games. That's really, really easy math to do. This is an opportunistic unit. It's a deep unit. It's a stacked unit. On the other, on the, uh, excuse me, on the other side, the Giants have been outscored 78 to 7 in the last two games they played that have mattered. That, that's one point. I 78 mean, again, to 7. They have looked fugazi in these. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, you know, a, a very New York expression, I think. And I think <laughs> everyone who is a Giant fan will know what I mean. You can watch our program on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and you can enjoy, unless you're a fan of the Giants, in which case you're not going to enjoy anything right now like Nuno is. Here's the other thing I will say about the Cowboys. And, and I'll say this to both Nuno and to Bubba, because Bubba is a Cowboy fan. But Nuno, th- this I think you will relate to more than anybody. There were some players in sports history who are so great that you don't compare anyone to them. Like it, to, to, to say the words, he reminds me of Lawrence Taylor, just immediately is too much. But I want to give a shout out. At 5.30 this morning, I'm standing on the street outside my building, and one thing led to another... <laughs> My car wasn't going to, I have an Uber coming and it's not going to make it. So I'm hoping a cab is going to go by, whatever it is. I'm trying to get to work. And a guy walks by me. And you know, one of those moments where you're like, you're staring down at your phone because I'm trying to figure out if the car is going to make it to where I am or not. A bunch of streets are closed. I don't know what was going on. But without my look, without my being aware of it, some guy is standing next to me and he just looks right over me without saying a word. And he says, Micah Parsons is the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. And I just turned to him, and I, I, I don't even see it coming. It was like a voice coming from the beyond. And so I give a shout-out to that guy, whoever he was, because I wouldn't have had the guts to say it, but he made me think it. That guy is the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. When you watch him play, the way he closes, Lawrence Taylor had the most remarkable combination, anyone old enough to have seen him play, of speed, quickness, and ferocity of any player I've ever seen. Micah Parsons looks like him. Like when you watch, it just reminds you of what that used to look like. And in effect, what you're doing is playing 11 on 12 because he's completely unblockable one-on-one. And he opens up so many opportunities for the rest of his teammates to do all sorts of other stuff. Like when you have one guy that plays a premium position that can win one-on-one on practically every play, that's the effect. You force, the, you, know, you, force, you force your opponent to turn the football over at historic rates, and you allow everyone else in that defense to really, really play up. He's going to win the Defensive Player of the Year this year and probably a few more times. So uh, very quickly, Nuno, your thoughts on that. Is this Cowboys team? Here's, here's the bad news. The Giants look awful. Here's the worst news. The Cowboys look like world beaters. I can't imagine anything could be worse for you waking up this morning, Nuno, what is your reaction? Here's the only like small silver lining is it was the their defense, right? There was 
Dak wasn't put in a position to make a play in terms of do we know if those turnovers are gone? Like that's the one small little silver lining of we still didn't see their offense make a play when they needed to. So like we'll wait to see if if he's fixed those issues. Your silver lining is you're still counting on Dak to be bad. What you're saying is that any game their defense doesn't win all by itself, you're counting on Dak to give away. Listen, I'm just trying to find something, Greeny. Silver lining should have been the uh, kicking. It immediately misses the first extra point. That that was ridiculous. Uh, I'm just trying to find something to be happy about because this feels like it's going to be a long unbearable season. I mean, the Cowboys defense and special teams scored two touchdowns. They scored more touchdowns than 10 offenses in the NFL yesterday. I don't know that this is like an 85 Bears kind of good defense. I think that's kind of sacrilege too. Like you can't really compare anyone to them or other legendary defenses like that. Mm-hmm. But if Dak Prescott plays league average football, this team should win 12 games and advance deeply into the playoffs. Their defense being this good, I think will actually sort of put way more pressure on him than perhaps he's ever had in his career. All right, very quickly before I let Nuno go, and just wallow in his misery for the rest of his day. Let's just go through a couple of games here. Giants, it's, it's, the only good news is it's only one loss, right? You're 0-1. You're not 0-10. You're 0-1 even though it was a 40-point game. At Cardinals next week, win or lose? Ooh, uh, I think they win that. 1-1. One one. At 49ers. They lose I won't, that. You don't even have to answer yeah, that. Yeah, they lose that. Home Seahawks. I think they win that because the Seahawks are going to have some regression to the means. Well, if you do that, then you're getting back. I mean, if, if they get themselves to 2-2, two and two, they scrape themselves off the ground, then maybe they have a chance to, to, you know, still put together a season in what does not, at this moment, appear like there is any ray of sunshine. Well, in, in their defense, I mean, that's what they did last year. Last year, they were outscored on the season. They still managed to reach the divisional round of the playoffs. But like they, they prepared to beat bad teams, and they won most of the games last year that they should have. This year will probably be a pretty similar story. Uh, Bubba, the conversation Hembo and I had when we got in here this morning was the wager was Nuno had to wear the Cowboys jersey during the show that he produces, Unsportsmanlike, every right. weekday morning here on ESPN Radio because of the Cowboys winning. Yep. The one-sided nature of it, it was so dominant. Mm-hmm. We actually were asking, should this have to extend another day or even the week <laughs> because it was so one-sided? What do you think, Bubba? I mean, it makes logical sense to me. I mean, I think 40 to nothing, I mean, come on. 40 to nothing does feel like more than one day. He's already I, taking it off, though. Yeah, I should, he's, he's not he, even wearing it. If he came in wearing it right now, I'd be like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> Do you, I, I, but he, he took it off the second the show ended. Like that, Someone send me those four pictures. I, I need these sure, four pictures. I did, do you know my body was shaking when I had to put that Micah Parsons jersey <laughs> on? because like, it was jersey. Bubba's clothing, like, not it because was, it was Cowboys I was just gear. shaking. That's how just – I can't. Like, no, I'm done. This I don't is know which picture I like the, the most. I, mean, I, I need the four pictures sent to me. We'll, we'll get, we'll to get them to you. All right, Nuno, good luck to you. Hang in there, my friend. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I got my takes on all the big games of the day yesterday, including all you need is love and why it might also be a very long season in my household. That's on the way. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. On this Monday, off the first Sunday of the NFL season, and my takes. Greenies takes. All right, here we go. Uh, my takes here, and I will take you through my top five games of yesterday. I want to make sure that our folks doing our TV know that I changed some stuff around in this, so we'll see how it all works out uh, on that front. But one way or another, here come my top five takeaways. Number five. All right, one of two things is true. Either the Steelers are way worse than I thought, or the Niners are way better. Now, I guess both could be true. But if it's just one, I think I'm leaning towards the Niners. The Steelers will get things figured out at least to some degree. Kenny Pickett looked during the preseason like he was a quarterback who had figured it out. And yesterday, he looked like a quarterback without a chance. The Niners demolished the Steelers in a 30-7 game that was not as close as the final score would indicate. My biggest takeaway is the 49ers are ridiculously good. Hemba, we talked last week about how top-heavy they are, and they are. Should they lose McCaffrey? Should they lose Ayuk? Should they lose Kittle? The one, the one player they can afford to lose is the quarterback, it seems, which is so completely contrary, although Purdy was terrific yesterday. That was an absolute demolition. One of the most surprising results in Week 1, not only did Brock Purdy not miss a beat from last year, he's yet to play a bad game as a starter in the NFL, at least during the regular season. But that defense got after Kenny Pickett like crazy. Kenny Pickett took five sacks in that game. All five of them came without blitzing for the 49ers. They look like they're in midseason form already, which is kind of the contrary to what Kyle Shanahan's teams have been in recent history. Next. Number four. Broncos Raiders. Look, I thought the Raiders were the worst team in the AFC, and they still may be. 
The Broncos never had the ball. The Broncos had six possessions yesterday. And Rex did not like Sean Payton starting the game, starting the season with an onside kick. That actually worked, um, but for the penalty. And the only thing I'll say about that is that feels like one of those that is very reliant upon the outcome. If you if you try an onside kick to start your season and it works and you go down and score, you're a genius. So if nothing else, I kind of like the dice rolling nature of it. What I don't like about it is if you're going into that game, you should be thinking, we're the better team. Let's play this thing straight and we beat them. But maybe the truth is they're not. It felt very much like I'm Sean Payton. I want to make this all about me. Yeah. Honestly, is what it felt like. This is not the coming out of halftime at the Super Bowl, right? You're favored. You're at home. You should win this game. It was a super weird decision. Sure, we're playing the outcomes, but the reason that no one ever does this is because it hardly ever works. Yeah, and I don't know. Russell Wilson, the offense that they run, it's that same dink and dunk style that they ran so successfully with Drew Brees because Drew Brees was better at that than just about anybody ever. And that is the antithesis of what has made Russell Wilson a good player. I've got a number for you there. So Russell Wilson's average pass yesterday traveled 4.1 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. In all the starts he's ever made in his entire career, that is tied for the shortest ever. His biggest strength is throwing the deep ball. They're playing at altitude. you got to trust him to air it out. Greeny with you in my top five takeaways from yesterday in the NFL. Number three. A Dolphins-Chargers was the most entertaining game of the day by far. And here's a statement I'm more than comfortable making. And I said this before the season began. So this isn't even adjusting my take. If Tua is healthy, they are as good as any team in the AFC, inclusive of Kansas City, the Jets, Buffalo, Jacksonville, anyone else you like. They're absolutely as good as anybody. And he is... 100% 100% in the MVP conversation. By he, I mean Tua. And maybe Tyreek Hill should be. But, but you've seen the numbers by now. He threw for 460 yards. Tyreek had 215 and two touchdowns. They're unstoppable <laughs> when he's healthy. And that coach, he is a, I don't know, he is a good offensive coach. So you, you know how many yards it takes to gain a first down? 10. Yeah, they averaged 8.2 yards per play yesterday. Yeah. They were the only team in the NFL this week that has averaged more than six. They averaged 8.2 yards per play in an NFL game. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane offense. Now, the Chargers, once again, do more to give away games than anyone you've ever seen. They just handed the Dolphins three points right before halftime and then lost by two. <laughs> you, just, you know that's going to happen. The more things change, the more they stay the same with that organization, even though they, they got the miracle that fell into their laps that is Justin Herbert being there for them to draft and he's great but they got to make some changes there with the coach that coach they don't know what they're doing I didn't there's so many things they did yesterday I didn't like and at the end of the day they go toe-to-toe with the Miami team that's playing without their left tackle they're playing without their their you know the star corner in Jalen Ramsey and when when they're right the Dolphins are absolutely as good as anybody you cannot play man coverage against the Dolphins it is completely yesterday two a through for 334 yards just in plays against demand coverage. Tyreek Hill had 146 on those plays. They're the only team in the NFL you shouldn't even try it again. Number two. Number two. We opened with Cowboys-Giants. So for those of you just joining us, so we just spent about 15 minutes on this game. I'll, I'll just say again, the Giants have played two games that mattered, their last two games that mattered, after the what was a sensational offseason that won their coach, Coach of the Year, and won their... Got their earned their quarterback forty million dollars a year. 
What's the final score of those two games? Uh, 78 to 7. And, and what division do the two teams they played play in? Their own, the NFC. That's East. the point. So the Giants are much closer to being the worst team in the NFC East than they are to being a contender. And I think that's the reality of them. And as far as Dallas, they look great. I mean, look, no one made a bigger statement week one than their defense did. Number one. And then that brings us to Packers-Bears. So let's lose the music and let's talk about this one for a little while. Because, you know, I, I set aside a lot of time on Get Up this morning because I feel, I feel like you almost have to treat this like two games. You have to treat the Packers side of it and you have to treat the Bears side of it. So, Bubba, you are the producer of the show. You want the Packers side first or you want the Bears side first? Let's go Bears. The Bears side, this was catastrophic. I I don't even know where to begin to describe how disheartening this opening was. And anyone who knows me, you know about my history with Chicago. I I lived there for 11 years. I started my career there. I grew up again in Chicago. I met and married my wife in Chicago. I watched that game yesterday with not just my wife, but my two nephews who are both from Chicago and are diehard Bears fans and spent the whole day, the entire one o'clock window. They are all excited. They got their Bears stuff on. Oh, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see this. No more Rodgers. And what Jordan Love did to them is... Like the ninth worst thing that happened in this game. The Bears' offense sucks. It's unimaginably bad because it is so unimaginative. What happened to Luke Getze being a head coach candidate with all these offenses he was going to draw up? What happened to DJ Moore? You know, at one point, they're watching the game. They're watching every snap of that game. I'm watching it and all the other games. You know, I'm on red zone. I'm on this and that. I'm watching as much as I can. I turned to them and I said, why isn't DJ Moore playing? And they said, oh, he's playing. He got two targets in this game yesterday. And their offensive line is unimaginably bad. Somehow it got worse from last year. And Justin Fields looks lost. I don't know how much of that is him and how much of it is the situation. But I completely agree with what Rex said today. That if you just took that game and you switched the quarterbacks and the experiences they've had... If you put Justin Fields into the life that that Jordan Love has led the last few years and vice versa, Justin Fields would be a superstar today. This is the living proof of what I have been saying, which is that more quarterbacks are ruined than are developed. And look, I understand it's only one game, but I don't know how much more important a game you could possibly have than the Bears' home division against your arch rival who has owned you for 30 years First games in in the post-Farve-Rogers era. Here's our opportunity. You got everything you possibly have. You put it on display. And for them to come out and play a game that was 38-20, and that does not in any way do justice to how one-sided this game was. They got their behinds kicked from the word go. Their offense was awful yesterday. Somehow their line got worse. Justin Fields has made no progress. And in my opinion, look, I have no idea whether his destiny was or wasn't to be an all-time great quarterback. But I do not think it is overreacting to say that was every red flag you own you should be raising right now in Chicago about the quarterback. I'm not going to let you do it. I'm not going to let you. What are you not letting me do? I'm not going to let you let Justin Fields off the hook. I'm not. We can't blame Luke Getzey. We can't blame the offensive line. We can't blame the game plan. Justin Fields isn't, uh, Fields isn't good wasn't good and is not going to be good. And at least at some point, 
We have to acknowledge that Justin Fields bears at least some measure of responsibility for his lack of development, for his lack of execution. What we saw yesterday was the same version of Justin Fields we saw the previous couple seasons. We have, in theory, more talent around him, uh, both on offense and defense, and it was the same old result. Justin Fields is the one that doesn't get this. He is part of the problem. He's not part of the solution anymore. Justin Fields is part of the problem. He might not be getting the same kind of help that Jordan Love is, and I'm willing to acknowledge you that much. But at some point, the player has to take responsibility for the, for, for, the, for the areas in which he is deficient. Boy, I disagree with that. I, I want, how much of the game did you see? As much he as is I could. running for his life constantly. The, 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 they have no offense. They have no imagination. Everything they tried didn't work. Part of that, I guess, is him. But the other part of it, Danny said it well this morning, and again, he will, he will be able to explain this in ways that I can't, and he's over in first take, but they're trying to hit home runs constantly instead of, now, mm-hmm. is this because they don't think he can do some of the other stuff? That, obviously, I have no idea, but no one has ever allowed him to play to function within what looks like an NFL offense. They just look like they're, on every single play, looking at him like, oh, go do something outstanding, and then we'll hope that it all turns out well in the end. I guess my question to you is, like, how many iterations of this do we have to see before we acknowledge that maybe he's the reason why? Well, I don't know. How many incompetent coaches do we have in the NFL? They're, the, the list of those is incredibly long. And so what I'm saying is, Justin Fields is unquestionably a player with a skill set, a skill set, whether it has, whether, again, whether his destiny was to be a great player or not, that I can't tell you. What I can tell you is he has a skill set. And what I can also tell you is that yesterday, none of it was on display in this game. Absolutely Mm -hmm. none. So your team, your Eagles, took a player named Jalen Hurts, who had, coming out of college, a very similar skill set and have utilized it brilliantly. Now, the biggest difference there, beyond the coaching, is that the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and the Bears have one of the worst. So I totally get that part of it. But there's also just a way that you use guys, and right now they're not doing it. They're not doing it, but the offensive line isn't as bad as you say. It isn't as bad as it looks because of Justin Fields. Yesterday, the offensive line in pass protection graded above average according to our numbers, the same way that we apply the same metrics across the league. The Bears were right in the middle yesterday, and yet it always looks like he's running for his life. The problem, Greeny, is that Justin Fields is pretty much always about a half a second behind the defense, and that is an eternity by quarterback standards. He doesn't see the field the same way that Jordan uh, Love sees the field. We saw that on display yesterday. We can argue about whether or not he was rushed into the league. We can argue about whether or not he wasn't developed properly. Maybe he wasn't protected adequately early in his career. But he has played enough pro football now to where Justin Field, we can look in the mirror and say, I'm not good enough. Maybe, maybe it's a coaching thing. But at some point, the player bears responsibility and all the excuses that we keep throwing out there have to come back and reflect upon him. I'm looking at the numbers coming out of the game yesterday. As I mean, you're making me think about this a little bit differently. And, and look, so if I'm on one extreme and you're on the other, then as is usually the case, the answer is probably somewhere in between. I'll, I'll, I'll at least meet you there. But what I, will, what I will say is I don't think any quarterback could have succeeded in what that game looked like to me yesterday. Maybe so. But there's also something to be said about the fact that Justin Fields takes three seconds every time to throw the ball. There's something to the effect, that's a thing. Are we going to blame the lack of targets for D.J. Moore only on the offensive coordinator? These things work both ways. Justin Fields has way more talent around him right now 
than he has had in his first couple seasons. So this is the prove-it year. Even if I am willing to throw out the last two seasons and say he had no chance then, he had a good chance yesterday. I, I really believe that based upon the people that are around him. Maybe the game plan wasn't perfect, but at some point the player bears responsibility. He is making his offensive line look way worse than it really is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. And then on the other side, so you go back to 1992 is the year that Brett Favre got to Green Bay. And then, lo and behold, they draft Aaron Rodgers. And now, lo and behold, they draft Jordan Love. And I have no idea what Love is going to turn out to be. It is completely unrealistic to expect him to match the level of Favre and Rodgers because the reality is Rodgers is probably a top five quarterback all time and Favre is probably top ten. So if that's the standard, then it's almost impossible to imagine he's going to live up to that. But I saw enough in one game yesterday to say they have – at minimum, a competent quarterback going forward. That kid can play, flat-out play. He's playing without his best receiver in Christian Watson yesterday. Dan Orlovsky did a magnificent job this morning showing you the way he manipulates the field with his eyes, the thing that he does, uh, the, the way that he manipulates the defenders is what I meant to say with his eyes and sees the field to the point that you're just making. Now, how much of that is his own ability to do it? How much of it is excellent coaching from Matt LaFleur and having spent three years learning it and taking mental reps and, 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 and studying it under Aaron Rodgers, who's as good at it as almost anybody? I don't know. I can't answer those things. What I can answer is that the Packers, once again, have a good quarterback. They just do. He's good. How good is he going to be? That, that remains to be seen. It's one game. And the Bears' defense looks really bad. Rex called them the bad news Bears today, and maybe they'll wind up being really bad. But that's a tough spot for Jordan Love. That's at Soldier Field, all the expectations in the world, Bears' rivalry, no Christian Watson, who's his, his best receiving target. And to go out and look that poised, that firmly in control of the game, I was very impressed. Yeah, we have not seen Justin Fields run his operation as cleanly as Jordan Love did in game one. Mm-hmm. And, and where I think it was most pronounced, where it most showed up was in leverage, like when, when it actually mattered in the context of the game. On third and fourth down yesterday, Jordan Love went 8 of 10 for 141 yards, six first downs and two touchdowns. For, for you to do that in that environment in your first game in the NFL, I don't care quite how bad the opposing defense is. I agree. The Bears have a bottom five defense in all likelihood. But what more could you have done if you're Jordan Love? Honestly, I, I, I would have signed up for the weapons that Justin Fields had on the outside yesterday as compared to what Jordan Love did, considering Christian Watson was out, and he still ran it. And they could have, they could have thrown up 45 points, maybe closer to 50 points on the board if they really wanted to in the second half. He played great, yes. and I feel awfully good about our preseason pick for them to win the North. Yeah, I really I, do. I, I, th- that part I'm with you. All right, don't miss Peyton Manning today. He'll be on ESPN Radio today, 1 o'clock Eastern, coast-to-coast, with Carlin versus Joe, Hembo's favorite show. Um, those two guys, they, they, they're in a fight now with Hembo. I don't know if that's been settled yet, what, uh. one way or another. You will hear Peyton Manning there in advance of tonight's game. Obviously, Jets, Bills, Monday night, Peyton and Eli on ESPN2. It's as big a night as well as I've had in a very long time. I got Dominique coming over tonight. I got D. Wood coming over tonight. I got a packed house tonight for this game, and we'll see how it all turns out. Coming up next, which team should be the most legit worried after one day of football? 
I'll answer that question right after this. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio as we roll on on this football Monday. I have some non-football thoughts coming up, um, much more important than anything else, in just a couple of quick moments. But first, some more fun. We opened the show this morning by talking about the beatdown that the Cowboys gave to the Giants, and thus that our Cowboy fan, Bubba, gave to our beloved Nuno, who is a crazy Giant fan. And we took four photos of him because Nuno had to wear four different Cowboys jerseys during the four hours of the morning show that he produces here on ESPN Radio. And our TV crew did a great job of putting those up for you on ESPN+. Plus. But I know that so many are listening on the radio now more than anything else. So I have them all up, all four photos. If you want to see the definition of football despair, it is visible in the face the body language, and the anguish of Nuno. And I have him on Twitter, on Instagram, and on, um, what is it, Threads, all at ESPN Greeny. ESPN Greeny, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. The pictures are all up. We were just scrolling through these photos chronologically here on our TV uh, for ESPN+. Plus. That, that's a man that was aging throughout the process. I agree. By much more than one hour. Yes. He looks years older in each uh, jersey that he's wearing. As well he should. Okay, so now let's jump to the next order of business. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. The question of the day is, which team team's panic meter should be the highest after week one. We, of course, still have one more game to go tonight, and let us hope that, at least from a Jets perspective, that we don't have to put them in this discussion tomorrow. But for the moment, 30 of the 32 NFL teams have played at least one game. I have given some options. Well, I've thought of some options for which team's panic meter should be the highest, but I'll let you choose them. Which teams do you think should be the most panicked right now 
and I'll give you the panic meter. So on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is the most concerned you can possibly be, and 1 is I'm not worried at all, give me a team, and I'll give you the level of panic meter. Let's start with the Giants after the 40 to nothing beatdown in New Jersey. 11. It's as high as can possibly. I just said it's 1 to 10. This is 11. It couldn't be worse because the Giants aren't for real. I hate to say this. And, and, and all my friends in New York, my buddy Don LaGreca is going to take this and he's going to run with it if he doesn't feel the same way, although I think he will. The real Giants are much closer to what the Eagles and Cowboys have done to them in the last two games that mattered than they are to the team that won all those games last year. That doesn't mean they're going to be the worst team in the NFL this season. They're not. But they are not one of the big boys. And when they've, when they've had a chance to show that they've not been able to do it. When the Eagles obliterated them in the playoffs last year, we've seen the Vikings are phony. That was the playoff win last year. All those close wins. The level of panic should be very high on the Giants because what yesterday proved is they're not legit. Mm. So on a scale of 1 to 10, that's an 11. Okay, how about the Steelers? 30-7, to they lost at home to San Francisco. Yeah, that was really bad, but lower because I just have much more confidence in them getting it figured out. Part of it was just how good their opponent was. But still high because their quarterback looked so overmatched by a good 49er defense. You're still playing in a good division as average as everybody looked. And I know a lot of people in Pittsburgh are very down on the offensive coordinator. I will go seven. I will go on a seven on a scale of one to ten. Okay, so it's 11 and seven. How about Chicago? High. Not 11, but close. Like eight and a half. Higher than Pittsburgh because the quarterback, the only thing that... The one thing that would be your saving grace no matter how many games you win or lose this year is if the quarterback makes huge strides. And one out of 17 games is not nearly enough to make that determination. But this was such a step backwards. Such an utter disaster. So I'm going to go eight and a half. It is, it is almost as bad as could be. How long do you think it'll take people in Chicago to start asking themselves if they should have taken Bryce Young and not traded that pick? I, I think that it'll actually more quickly they'll start wondering if they should try and find a way to get Caleb Williams mm. next year. Bryce Young... Caleb Williams is a much better prospect than Bryce Young. Caleb Williams is going to be the star everyone wants in going into this draft. I think that's the guy they're going to talk about. All right, my last team for you is the Ravens. They beat Houston, but they lost J.K. Dobbins in the Always. process. I mean, they lose him every year. Um, I, I'm going to put the, the uh, and they won, which is much better. But the offense did not look in sync. They looked a little better in the second half. So I'll go like a three on them. So I will say the team that should be the most panicked coming out of yesterday. And this weekend, in general, would be the Giants. All right, having said all of that, I just want to take one moment here at the end of this hour to acknowledge the date. September 11th is one that obviously shows up differently on your calendar and will for the rest of our lives, for every single one of us who are old enough to remember it. It is our day that will live in infamy. And um, it is one that is intensely personal to me. I've told this story, or I've, I've mentioned this on the air many times. I grew up in Lower Manhattan. My high school prom was in the Vista Hotel, which was in the World Trade Center. Like everyone who grew up in New York, I lost someone close to me that day, and I have spent a lot of time in the last several years um, working with a charity that I really deeply believe in and care about called The Voices of September 11th. Um, and with them and with the 9-11 Museum, we did the special that aired on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 a few years ago on ESPN, which is, of all the things I've ever done at the network, as proud as I am of anything. And so on this day, I always say, 
that for those of you who are living from that day forward with holes in your lives that will never be filled, our thoughts are with you, our love is with you. Hopefully you can take some strength, find some strength in the love that we all share for you. It was unquestionably the worst thing that has happened in the United States in my lifetime. I don't know that anything is even close. And it changed the world, certainly changed our world in ways that I'll never forget. People will always remember where they were when they saw those towers fall on TV. I was essentially right where I am now. I was on the radio, Mike and me. It was our second year. And I still have a file of emails because there was no social media then, but a file that I have kept of email of people telling us in the weeks and months that followed, and I still get them every now and again, of people saying that we were the place that they heard about it, that it was from our voices that they first heard that this was going on, this unimaginable tragedy that befell all of us at once, and certainly some of us much more than others. It was a a loss that still, I think, defines generations of Americans and will forever. Um, but there are many people, again, I cannot compare my own personal loss in this tragedy to that of the moms and dads and sisters and brothers and uncles and aunts and husbands and wives uh, of those who did not, who went to work on a Tuesday morning or jumped on a flight someplace and never came home. So uh, on this day, I've always felt that the best I can do, and Mike and I used to say the best we can do is just try and bring you a fun show where we talk about football. Because if that helps you take your mind off it, if you're interested in coverage of the ceremonies that are taking place just a few blocks away from where I'm sitting right now in lower Manhattan, certainly there are any number of places on your radio and your television where you can find that and where they will do it far better than we could do it here. So I've tried very hard. We did it on Get Up This Morning, and I'm doing it on my radio show here to do a normal show because I assume if you're listening to us that that's what you want. But it is important that we also point out that we are very well aware of what today is and what it means to so many people in this country. Certainly will always mean to me for the rest of my life. And I'll say again, for those of you who will never be the same again after that horrendous day 22 years ago, Our show is for you, our thoughts are with you, and anything we can do for you, we always will. I'll pause on that thought back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts. 